0: based on our methodology of how we value companies. Because when you look at something like Disney, for example, I might value Disney the, differently than you will. Mm-hmm. I might look at intangibles. I might look at the retail book value of what does Mickey Mouse mean to the Disney brand? Mm-hmm. And I might say, because of Mickey Mouse alone, I'm going along on Disney. Now with technology, you can automate that for retail. And now it's becoming to the point where you could start with just $2,000 to have high net worth strategies using technology, which is why I'm so big on fintech.
1: All right, guys, look, man, we are here with another episode of Cheat Code Unlocked. Today we got some dope, dope guests here, man. Yeah, yeah. Our guys, you know, these two gentlemen are just absolute phenoms in, in the, you know, investment space. Phenomenal. Uh, they're out here in Chicago in the Shy town We came out to kick it with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we met them on Clubhouse and, you know, shout Crazy out to Clubhouse story, and the whole, yeah. the whole thing there. Way back, way back, man. You know, but our guys Rich and Samir, <laughs> My man, appreciate yeah, you yeah. guys. I'm grab You all You know, um, like I said, bro, these guys are, are just absolute phenoms in the investment space. For me. I appreciate you guys coming on. Definitely, um, man. Yeah. You know, today we're going to be talking about, you know, getting a little back, background to the people on just how to retire, how to retire rich. I mean, because that's what everybody wants yeah, to know, man. right? Like, how do we retire wealthy at a young age, not 70, 50, 60, 70 years Where you can enjoy your money. Right. Shout what out I mean, to those who are 50, 60, 70 years old, but, yeah, you know, yeah. we want to get there a little bit younger, man. Yeah. So, she appreciate called. you guys coming on, man. Yeah, for she
0: she sure. Appreciate you guys having us, man
1: yeah saying, for sure man. for sure so yeah. let's dive right in let's dive right in so i've always been curious right i worked at nine to five for a long time i've always been curious i always heard about you know um traditional ira distributions and being able to max out your iras and things like that what would you guys say to the people like i never really got a good understanding just working at nine to five like what exactly all that meant yeah. so what would you say is like an, an advice on how to max out or should you even max out your traditional ira or should you Consider using a Roth IRA. What's
2: the difference? You know what I mean? Well, let me talk myself out of making money real quick. Yeah, because yeah. Actually, before you even get into the IRA space, right. traditional IRA, the Roth IRA, which is typically what you would set up with, you know, someone like right. my company or someone like me, right? You're actually gonna to want to maximize and contribute to your 401k. Okay. And that's gonna be yeah. not super common, but right. it's not rare to really come across, you know, a 95 to employer that offers mm-hmm. you a 401k. Right. You always want to keep an eye out for if they're doing a match too, mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, people, people sometimes, a common mistake I see people do is if you know, your employer's only doing dollar for dollar match for the first 3% mm-hmm. and then they don't do, you know, they kind of look at that, oh, the 50 cents match on the fourth and fifth percent and they don't do it. no Right. It's, That's it's free money. Ideal, it. right? It's free money. So yeah. you want to, you want to start by doing the 401k. Then what you want to do is you want to take a look at your IRA options, um, you know, mm. being traditional it just means tax deferred. Meaning you're gonna put that money in there. It's gonna grow tax free. You're only gonna pay taxes once you actually take that
1: money out. So traditional IRAs are tax free entities, or tax deferred. Tax deferred. Yeah, okay. tax deferred.
2: Meaning you put a hundred dollars. That a hundred dollars turns into ten thousand. You're not taxed right. on that growth. Right, right, right. But okay. when you take that money out, whether it be you know two thousand or ten thousand, right, when you take it out, whatever you're at your tax rate there, mm-hmm. you pay the tax. You know, That's interesting. Like, okay. Um, your Roth is going to be where you pay, you know, the taxes up front. Mm-hmm. And so for, you know, the community, if right. you plan on making more money, which you should, because you're using right. cheap code, you're right. learning right. and all this stuff, right. then you're, and look, the way I see, you know, the future of taxes is right. we just got our taxes lowered and mm-hmm. the government's spending all this money, you know, I don't see Spend taxes, is going, down. Yeah. Yeah. Right. taxes right. going down. So if anything, we can kind of assume taxes will go up. Right. So we want to take advantage of this time right now where taxes are a little lower in mm-hmm. nature and where you yourself as an individual mm-hmm. are probably making less money than you will hopefully make in the future. Right. So lock in that, you know, tax right now and then, you know, once you you pay that tax in the beginning now at later point in life when you decide to take that out, right. you, got you have the to money, pay tax. Yeah, you got, you, right. got the, you got the money growing up. There was a, a story of
1: a guy who I think he put in Know, a couple thousand dollars, and it grew to like what, like a billion plus. That was that was like Peter that? Thiel. yes
2: yeah. Oh man, that's that's right. crazy. Yeah. So right. that's a little bit. There's more. Different. It's, it's it's a little bit more complicated than right. what the media makes it seem. Right. right. He basically yeah put it into a Roth account, and then he bought a bunch of shares of right. one of his own projects that right. he knew was like severely undervalued. Right. And then it grew. And it was tax, lost, tax so free. Tax tax-free tax money. Yeah. Okay. So I want to
1: back up a little bit though. I want to I wanna kinda dive into like you know you guys, right? And right. like how like what it is that you guys do now, right, right? And how that, you know, what type of benefit that it has for like the average person who's trying to get to where they're going, right? Retirement right. wise. Yeah.
0: I would say so when I look at where we came from, specifically me my family, they came from Jordan, the Middle East, right? Right. And so when they got here um, no one teaches you about investing. No nope. one teaches you about education. And, and part of the things that they do at retirement systems is making sure people are getting the most for their dollar, right? Mm-hmm. Most taxed efficiently, mm-hmm. where can I invest the money? And three, when you're looking at even at an advisor, are they making commission on those products, right? Like right. you always want to be acting in the fiduciary duty. So when when you guys are looking at advisors or education, you want to be going to an advisor that's acting in the best interest of your clients. Right. That's not looking to make a commission. right? The problem I found early on with my family is... They came from a situation where they got into the medical field right and in that medical field of course you're going to have a lot of advisors that want to charge you the most possible (laughs) commissions if you're a high earner right most definitely but they still knew nothing about investing so i took it on when i was 15 years old to learn everything i could about investing man and it's it's crazy when i had turned by the time i was 18 right there was a apple at the time i realized you know steve Jobs still around we were gonna buy iphones i told my dad i was like hey maybe you should put some money in apple I then saw four years later what Apple compounded to. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized the power of investing and mm-hmm. I became so passionate about it. Right. And became investing since 1718, became a trader, yeah. worked with people like you on the being able to see cheat code algo. Yeah. And then I got into FinTech because I saw not only can we use our brains, mm-hmm. but now with technology, technology it's finance, universe. you can ten x the of speed of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is insane. Right. Yeah, so cool so, so when you now, now you utilize
1: technology to advance yourself as well as others in the you know in the financial space. So now it's
0: using technology to not only advance myself and mm-hmm. others, but on the institutional level too. Institutional. So how can we use FinTech to not only advance hedge funds, but maybe RIAs, mm-hmm. advisors, make their practices easier, right. and make everyone's lives easier?
1: And you're in the RIA space, yeah. right? Now what is RIA? Yeah, and how does yes.
2: what RIA is basically, what it stands for is a registered investment advisory. So mm-hmm. uh, you can be a wealth management company, and use an RIA. Mm-hmm. Uh, people do that. Um, you know, once upon a time, you know, I was in that space. Right. I felt that I wanted to go the direct route, just becoming my own RIA. Right. Um, to be honest, it was one of those things that, from the outside looking in, it's like you look at people that have had a successful thirty-year career in finance, and you right. think like, why didn't they ever just start an RIA? Right. So you think it's like, it's like.
0: Undoable mystery thing.
2: Stuff, right? yeah. it's, a, it's a mystery, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Um, my uh, my business partner Gianni hears me say this all the time. I say having an RIA or having set up the RIA was kind of like putting together a puzzle with no picture. Mm-hmm. And and you know, similar, you know, Mexican background. Right. Dad, you know, my family didn't invest in, in the stock market. Right, they right. they like to buy houses, things right. that they could see, real estate, physical, real estate. right, <laughs> right. And so, and in me, I didn't, you know, my dad when I told him, hey, buy stocks, he's like. Something yeah, like nah, especially Apple was at like seven hundred dollars a share. Yeah, 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 you know, when right. So I started I looking, that. looking at some research. I'm like, all right, what what is the like supply chain for Apple? Like, who can I, you know, I can't afford Apple, but like who's cheaper, stuff like right. that, right? But like when it comes down to what the RIA will help you do is, you know, people think that you're sending money to an RIA and now like you send money to Richard. I'm not. Right. You're not sending money to Richard. they right. are not even sending the money to retirement systems you're sending the money to a custodian, so a company like a Charles Schwab or like a Interactive right. Brokers. And what you're doing is you're giving my firm the ability to direct how it should be allocated, right? Right. And yeah. so, because, and that, that need exists because you as an individual, you're working your nine to five job, you know, you're, you're coming home, you're doing all the things you gotta do at home, and you just don't have the time to, right. or, you know, to do it yourself, after, or to yeah. do the research, right. and then to stay on top of it. Right? Yeah. So you know, we come in and we help people with that um, in all a variety of different stages in life, risk profiles in life. Right. Uh, yeah. Basically, you know, you help them um, grow the money. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. You, yeah. Basically,
1: you basically take you guys' right. skill set, you know, and your resources right. and to basically take somebody's capital that they send over right. to you as a custodian, right? right? And basically, trusting you guys to make the right decisions. Correct. Right under any market circumstances. So like for example, right now a lot of a lot of the market has tanks significantly. Mm-hmm. People yeah. who came into the market thinking that everything was sweet, right. mm-hmm. with tech going crazy or finding a harder time to invest. Right. You yeah. guys, you know, making the right decisions and making the, the decisions right. that you know best being with your resources mm-hmm. help people to, to continuously beat the market. Is that right? Right.
2: Right. 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 I mean something that we ran into, you know, the pandemic happened. Boom. Things plummeted. Right? right. Right. How many average Traders sold at that point in time, right? And then what? They missed the rebound, right? Right, right? Well, I can tell you for our firm, it's like these people that are like, you know, they're calling, they're saying, hey, like, mm, they yeah. want to sell, but it's like, yeah, you're managing this. Yeah. Yeah. You we got to kind of have to like tell them, like, hey, this is the eyes prize. On, eyes on the prize, right. like you know, we we're you're appropriately allocated yes. right, for this type of a risk of that. You right. know, it's it's like. And not- you
1: guys do you guys implement? I'm oh, sorry. Do you guys implement any strategies that were like, let's say, um, what type of strategies do you guys implement outside of just buying and holding shares and stocks, right? right? Do you guys implement short strategies? Do you guys implement, um, you know, like let's say call options spreads and things anything, like that yeah. or spreads? Or
2: anything so like our firm in particular is more in the nature of, um, you know, name a firm's retirement systems. Right. So. Most of our demographic is, is a little bit older, they have uh, more risk-averse, you know, they're not necessarily trying to go all out with, right. you know, call options right. or, um, you know, they're not trying to short any company either. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just more so looking to make sure they got a game plan, you know, right. to retire owners. Right. You know, they want to retire, they're not, you know, at this stage in their life, they understand. You know They're in their 50s, 60s. Right. They're not trying to reinvent the wheel. Right. Oh, yeah. and, and they don't understand. They don't have the same timeline. Right? You're not 20 years old, but you have 30 more years to go. Right. If right. you know, it's, it's the market drops. You know, right. These people are 55, 60, their knees start hurting and stuff. You know, right. Time, right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and by the way, you know, for those of you guys in the 20s, like, more than ever, guess what? A lot of people that work with me, let me tell you, they have pensions. Right. But you guys know a lot of people are entrepreneurs. Right? Mm-hmm. You, right. really mm-hmm. you really don't have a pension. You really don't have a four hundred one k. Right. So the responsibility on the average individual is higher than ever to start investing right. themselves and, and be that's doing percent. the right thing. Right. To right. be seeking out technologies. Yeah, to right. be seeking out right. people that know more than right resources. Resources. Yeah. That's yeah, why yeah. technology plays such a big part. Right.
0: You, you ask, right. ask about strategies. You look at things at his firm that he could do that maybe an average retail can't do is something right. like right. St- structured notes, right? Right. right? So if you look at a structured note, right. we right. can speak about that even. So a yeah. structured note effectively is let's say you really like Roku stock for some reason. Right. That's the stock you want. Look at Roku on the yearly chart. Roku's down right. like eighty percent. Right. This year. Right. Now, if you went to Richard, you might have had a structured note. If you went to Richard, you might have had a structured note. Mm-hmm. You then might be able to actually capture that downside risk mm-hmm. of Roku. So Roku might mm-hmm. be down eighty percent. Right. But you might not be, you might be down only 10 to 20% because oh. of that structured note. Nah, so being able to utilize tools like yeah. structured notes can yeah.
1: really help. So, so, structured note essentially, mm-hmm. like what, so break that down a little bit more as far as like, you know, what the mechanics is of a structured yeah. note. Outside like, what skin actually skin, is yeah. that? I mean, right. I understand what it, what it does, but what actually does, you know, what, what actually is it? And can like the average person get involved in that in some way, shape, or form? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, the first thing, structured note, I believe, you're only gonna have access to Structured Note through, um, you know, an operation such all like an right. authorized right. right. right okay. user. Yeah, right. cool. Okay. And so um, basically, yeah. I mean, as you explained, I would explain it. Um, you can use them for individual stocks. Mm-hmm. I would say that they're probably a little bit more popular for indexes. Um, index, in this mm-hmm. indexes, so you get S and P five hundred, right. and you say, hey, I want a twenty percent buffer. Mm-hmm. So if the S and P five hundred goes down eighteen <laughs> percent this year, I lost nothing. Mm-hmm. But I also want a good amount of the upside, right? right. So um, people say that. Why that's wouldn't, why wouldn't I just cool. always do that? That's a cheapo. Really that's a cheapo. Yeah, would be structured notes There I really are, you know. So, but how does that?
1: How does that work? I'm, I'm, still trying to understand. Like, like you know, so you're saying, okay, give me, give me, cover my downside, but still give me the upside. Like, what is it? Yeah. What is that actual? Asset like what? What, what am I? Trading, what am I trading here? Is it, yeah, is it, it, it? insurance?
0: Or yeah. it's
2: you know it's basically um, what it is. It's an easier way for banks to get capital, mm. basically. And okay. so you're basically it's it's a combination of um, it's an option chain, right? Basically, mm, right. It's, it's an option chain, right? Um, and the banks can structure that option chain, and it's a whole lot easier to just offer the structured note than right. it is to go and raise.
0: Right. Not the so issue. essentially, Yeah, no, I was going to say, so essentially a structured note provides the user, well, provides the yeah. bank with more liquidity using the user as a leverage yeah. instrument.
2: Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and okay. the bank is going to be an important part of that. And obviously, you know, for people, you know, you want to take a look at the credit quality mm-hmm. of the bank, right? You don't want to just go and trade with some. Because so that's what bank. I'm going to say. So, yeah. so the structured notes, they're, they're beautiful, right? Because if I'm, if I'm 55
0: years old, my name is Craig and I'm scared right. about the S&P where we're at. Right. I can now make this contract with the bank. Mm-hmm. The NASDAQ is down 20%. Right. A lot of people in structured notes on the queues mm-hmm. might have not felt any of that because of the buffer. You might be limiting your upside a little bit right. with the structured note. However, credit worthiness, what Richard's mentioning here, is key. Because if you go back to 2008, yeah, right. a right. lot, lot of structured notes failed. Right. Because imagine if you were with Bear Stearns, yeah. it's a notorious company right. that went right. under, right. right? If you had a structured note with Bear Stearns, you lost your money. Right, so that's why it's important when you're working with you guys and then going to these communities is to educate yourself on yeah. where you're getting these from, yeah. who's the advisor you're working yeah. with, yeah. and that's why we look to find this medium between fintech and actual people. So we believe that the future is not all robotic. We right. believe that there's still a human touch in investing. Yeah, right. Because you mentioned your clients, but they don't want to talk to a robot if the market's down forty percent. Right. right, You want to talk to a professional, the so same like with like the doctor.
1: It's almost For like us sure. even having like a, a mentor psychologist with mm-hmm. you because it's everything in the market is emotional. <laughs> Yeah. Right. So it's, you can't you can't only operate like a robot. You need to have somebody that can kind of walk you through things. But I, I, so this, this structure note situation sounds like a little bit like credit default swaps. Is that mm-hmm. is that similar or anything like that? What is and what is a credit? I kind of want to want to touch on these things because a lot of people hear these things. Right. Mm-hmm. So That's we don't cool. have a full understanding of them. Right. right. So, you know, structure notes. Um, which sounds like uh, a note being a debt instrument in mm-hmm. some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, and credit default swaps, like what is a credit default swap
0: and how does it compare to a structured note? I mean, when you're looking at a company, you, you grade the company. When you're looking at credit, triple A, triple B, triple C. So basically, and, and by the way, the average retailer wouldn't even need Use credit default swaps. You have to be at an institution level. And if you look at right. like someone like Michael Berry, right. the reason people could short those is right. because you had access to 25, 200 million right. million, right. But it's important. I like the question because you got to understand a, a credit worthiness of a company. Right. So basically, I'm looking at, for example, um, even if you look at Lowe's right there, mm-hmm. I can study that as a financial firm. I'm JP Morgan, and they might have a triple B rating. Mm. That for the most part, they're healthy, their financials are healthy, they have cash on hand, mm-hmm. they'll be good. We can now take their bonds mm-hmm. and potentially invest in them, mm-hmm.
2: right.
0: and it's a, it's a much more advanced discussion. But right. we can now have this sort of default swap, mm-hmm. where based on their credit worthiness, we can invest on the yield. So right. we're not investing for appreciation when you do a credit default swap; you're looking for the
1: yield. The yield. Right. Well, okay. The yield is what's no, no, important. But so the yield the yield goes up as the credit worthiness of the company goes correct. down. Correct. Correct. So correct. So, it's, it's, so, is it a bearish like is it a bearish position to take if you invest into something like that or? Is it what? <laughs> is it like a bearish
0: position to take if you're investing in, in something like that? Sentiment wise. It depends how you're looking at it. That's correct. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. problem is because if you're an institution, you're mm-hmm. usually grabbing so many of them, you're spending mm-hmm. hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. You don't it's not necessarily bullish or bearish. Wow. Yeah. Unless you're like a, a distressed credit fund. Right. Which is when you speak about hedge funds, there's different hedge funds. It could be equity, it could be distressed debt, mm-hmm. and you could be taking any position either way. Interesting. Very different. I was like, man, I don't know how to answer
2: well exactly. yeah, yeah, I'll tell you one thing in terms of like you know a strategy because people think oh like a structure going can be a strategy or, it's not quite a false so mm-hmm. be a strategy. Which, we were talking about this earlier loss conversion is a huge strategy that mm. I think goes severely underutilized though. right and Wall street I'm calling I'm calling you guys out yes. Yeah. Call them, um, out. You gotta call
1: them out. Bring them out, bring them out. out. Let's man. Yeah. Choosing bottles. Let's go. I mean, look, Let's I run go. into
2: this on a day-to-day basis. Right. Um, you know, and the way I would explain it is a lot of people, you know, when you think about advisors, right? right. Who, pe- first of all, people think, oh, financial advisors are expensive. They're only for the rich. Right. It's not true. Um, but you think about, like, the names that come to mind, right? Goldman. Um, mm-hmm. This is obviously one of them, right? right? And so I come into situations all the time. You got to remember Goldman, you know, a lot of these financial institutions are public companies, right? Mm-hmm. So they're here to answer to their shareholders, mm-hmm. not their account right. right? Um, and so something that I come across all the time is I see, I talk to a client and say, all right, you know, I'm doing a financial analysis. I'm like, okay, do you have a Roth account? Never have a Roth account. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. basically what Roth conversions is is a process of converting your traditional tax deferred funds we spoke about earlier into a Roth account, right? Mm-hmm. You want to do that strategically. You, I get people all the time, oh, well, shouldn't all my money be Roth? Why don't I take everything? Well, you, that's all going to count as income in one year. So you're going to pay a huge oh. amount of taxes if you convert everything. So really what a Roth conversion process is like, for example, is, you know, say you're a client, we talk at the end of the year, we say, how much money did you make, or did you guys make, where does that put your tax wise? How much more wiggle room do you have before you would have gone to the next higher tax bracket? Mm-hmm. Whatever that gap is, you convert. And then you're making sure that you don't go into a new tax bracket mm-hmm. and you are putting money into your Roth. You do that every single year that it makes sense to, particular, particularly for people that are getting closer to retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a new law that passed called the Secure Act mm-hmm. that makes your required minimum distribution age at the age of 72. So, so Requirement of distribution age is just for tax deferred accounts. The government says, hey, we know you have these accounts. And remember, you haven't paid taxes on them yet. Right? Right. What does the government want? They want taxes. They say, hey, you're 72. too. Knock, (laughs) knock. Whether whether you want to start accessing this or not, you're going to start. And actually, we're going to to increase it right here, whether... You need the money, whether you don't, doesn't matter. Yeah. What we need is we need our tax rate, right? Mm-hmm. So doing that Roth conversion process helps you out because by the time you hit 72, if you've converted most of your assets out of a tax deferred account over into a Roth account, well, you can sit there and say, sure, government, come and force me to take the money out of the account that I've already minimized yeah. as much as possible. Yeah. Now what you're doing is you're 72. You don't have to worry about, you know, super high required minimum distributions that are going to push you into a higher tax bracket than you otherwise need to be as retired, right? Because mm-hmm. now you're retired, you sh- should be in a lower tax bracket, right? Right. Um, but back to the point, big institutions like, you know, these public entities, they're not recommending this, strategy right, At all. Mm-hmm. Whatsoever. Why? Because you got to think if they manage a hundred billion mm-hmm. and then they start taxing this money, yeah. right? As a part, it's better for the client. It's in the best interest of the client, not in their best interest necessarily, because now your total AUM just went down. You you do this across billions of dollars, your AUM goes down, now your revenue goes
1: down. Now the AUM goes down, why? Because it's moved into?
2: Well, because you pay tax. You pay, you know, you pay tax when you converted that, you're gonna pay that tax eventually regardless. But the bank- But the
1: moment that you do the conversion, you have to pay tax.
2: Right, right. But the, the bank doesn't want to say, hey, you should do the strategy. You're going to benefit from it and in, the run, right. in the long run. They don't want to do that because it's like, well, I'm going to suffer. Mm-hmm. You know, my AUM is going to go down. My revenue is going to and go A&M down.
1: AUM is assets under management. Right, right. That's how you And that's how these guys make revenue. They, the more money that they percentage. have managing, the more they get a percentage of, right. the
2: more money they right. make. And then the stock price goes yeah. down, especially if you're a public company. And if your stock price is going down, then you got a whole big deal yeah. and they're just not, they're yeah. not, not yeah. going to execute or recommend this. Right. Yeah. That's why
0: when you, when you think of the word fiduciary, if there's a takeaway from this podcast, I would look at the word fiduciary, right. which is as an obligation, as an advisor, you should be acting in the best interest of the client. Right. Oh, but yes. if you guys go back in history and look at 2008, the most people that got screwed was the average retail person. If you think about Chico Outlook, you are targeting, educating, empowering retail traders and investors right. in 2008, If you look at the statistics, it's quite alarming. Not many of those guys went to jail. Mm -hmm. I think one or two bankers went to jail in 2008, Mm -hmm. investment bankers. No CEOs, nobody. They actually made a ton of money. Oh yeah. Retailers got screwed because you lost 50 to 60% of equities. You're talking about names. You guys are looking at names down. PayPal, Netflix down 70. Mm -hmm. Citibank, one of the largest banks in the world, got down to pennies on the dollar. Mm -hmm. Pennies. Mm -hmm. The only reason they didn't go under is because the government had to save them. Otherwise, we would have went into a depression. The biggest bank in the world went under. So you have to, as a retailer, understand that. And that's why we're looking to combine not only fintech, but advisors, but trying to stay away from Wall Street, which is there to be profitable for the institution, not us as retailers. And so you
1: guys essentially would recommend now that, you know, as uh, people who are looking to take our hard-earned capital and place it with people who are going to, you know, essentially manage it in the correct way so that we can, kind of be a piece with our, with our revenue, with our, you know, our income, to look for um, investment advisors, um, fintech products and things like that that are outside of, I guess we would say, like large institutional publicly traded spaces because they're not yeah. going to find, though, they're not going to, you know, first of all, are going to have that personalized feel that you would with, you know, some of the smaller or, or more direct investment yeah. firms, but then also the strategies that are out there available for you um, they're not going to be implementing
0: the, if it's not in their best interest. Oh, that that's right? correct. So I would, I, would, I would look at it like this. If I'm Because technology should make your life easier. So if I'm, if I'm looking at fintech, for example, there's a lot of strategies in technology that an average retailer person can use that traditionally only the high net worth individuals had access to. Mm-hmm. Meaning if you were making 250, dollars 500000 a million a year, you got access to the strategies on Wall Street. Now as a retailer, you have access to that. One of these things that we look at is this phenomenon called direct indexing. Mm-hmm. Direct indexing is the idea that we'll look at the NASDAQ, we'll look at the S&P 500, and based on our methodology of how we value companies, mm-hmm. because when you look at something like Disney, for example, I might value Disney differently than you will. Right. I might look at intangibles. I might look at the retail book value of what does Mickey Mouse mean to the Disney brand? Mm-hmm. And I might say, because of Mickey Mouse alone, I'm going along on Disney. So right. direct indexing it was complicated because as an advisor of him, he had to be not only studying stocks, not only looking at the analysis, right. But he had to go manually rebalance those positions. He had to go tax loss harvested. He had to go work with his accountants. Now with technology, you can automate that for retail. Mm. And now it's becoming to the point where you could start with just two thousand dollars to have high net worth strategies using technology. Which is why I'm so big on fintech. Right, right, because right. now I'm able to just. No one even knows what tax loss harvesting is. I was is. about
1: to ask you because I remember you just telling me a little bit earlier about the tax tax loss harvesting strategies that you uh, implement for you know uh, for for clients and i'm like damn i mean i've been trading for forever and i don't even you know implement some of those strategies like can, there's so much out there when it comes to the financial uh-huh. space that can really you know give people a leg up and that other you know larger income high net worth individuals have been doing for years yes right and so like this really is kind of like chico to space of, i guess give us a little breakdown of on what tax lo- tax loss harvesting is and how it can impact sure. that,
0: you know the end user sure so when you look at taxes as one if you make money on a stock you have to pay tax on it so it's, it's a game. Yeah. What most people don't know is what tax loss harvesting is. Is you have the power, like right now in the markets, most people are down in positions. Right. I hate to say it. Right. Fact that Everyone's down, yeah. down in some way. Yeah. What you can do now with tax loss harvesting is you can actually take a loss on a position, not realize it, and go into a different position. Mm-hmm. And so, if I lost five thousand on PayPal, I took that loss and I went into Apple. And I make fifteen thousand on Apple. Mm. I can harvest five thousand of those losses from PayPal. Mm. So I'm only paying tax on the ten thousand that I make in Apple instead of fifteen thousand. Okay. But you wouldn't be able to do that on your own as retail. You have to go somewhere to Richard to tax loss harvest for you. Maritime systems or fintech, which is like all of us are working on together. Right. You probably hold the position. People hold. People will hold the position, or or take a loss because people think tax loss harvesting is different than your capital gains loss, right? Because right. everyone can write off $3,000 a year. Right. So if you bought Facebook today and at the end of the year you lost 10,000, you can only write off 3,000. dollars does some right? shit. Yeah. They'll tax you on the full 10,000. They'll tax you on the full thing. But you can only write like, off 3,000. Oh, That's some bullshit. You can lose 100,000 and you yeah. just write off 3,000. Oh man, That's it's gonna sick. take me 40 years to yeah. write it off. Yeah, exactly. But if That's I can use tax loss harvesting now, yeah. and I can learn how to trade and I can do things, now I'm reducing my liability. It's one thing to make money in stocks, yeah. but what is your tax liability? Now let me ask you, I got two questions and I hate to take up all the questions. Yeah. <laughs> I got a couple of them.
1: But one of them being, um, can you retroactively implement a strategy like this? Let's say before the year end, right? Mm-hmm. I took a loss on, let's say, whatever company, Apple, let's just say, right? Can you, if I were to say, okay, I, these are the losses that I've taken, I've realized, you know, I've told, sold and took the loss. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, can I retroactively now go to somebody like Richard and say, Hey, um, can we go back and do a tax loss harvesting strategy? Or does it need to be implemented in real time as the trading is going on or as the loss is being, um,
0: you know? That would be an advisor's nightmare. It's not that he couldn't do it, but if, if they came to him last second, I need you to work on this
2: harvest, it'd be a lot of work for him. Mm-hmm. That's why you want to start that relationship early on, but you can comment on that too. I mean, that's typically why you, you look at the Second half of the year, especially at the end of the year, yeah. so and then you always want to be wary of some type of a sell off. Just sometimes the motivating reason of some of those sell offs is because they're tax loss. If your you're tax loss harvesting, so typically tax loss harvesting isn't necessarily something that you're thinking about doing throughout the year. It's more so like at the end of the year, it's like okay, let me assess where my positions are. Okay, this one's down. This one's up, how can I offset? What can I harvest that? Mm-hmm. I made forty thousand in PayPal,
0: I lost eighteen thousand in Facebook. Can I do a difference here with harvesting? Mm-hmm.
2: So you yeah, you if you sold those positions uh earlier in the year and then now it's the end of the year and you wanna come you know, talk to advisor and say, All hey, right, how does this all work out? Yeah, you yeah, we, we, we can do that. Okay, uh, Cool. And you know,
1: what would be the benefit of tax loss harvesting um versus just you know, holding, well, I guess it would be, it would be relative. Then. I mean, because if you, because my question was going to be, if, if I were to hold the loss, right? Mm-hmm. For example, when you're down 12K on, on PayPal, or whatever it is, and you're like, you know, and you're up 40K on Apple, um, as opposed to just holding the PayPal throughout the year, hoping for a rebound or whatever it may be, taking that loss, you know, off the top, what's, what's the benefit there? Just. I mean, you just don't get,
2: you gotta, you're going to realize those gains of that year. You want to hold a position? You can hold a position. Yeah. Hopefully it turns back around and you flipped it and now it turns into a bottom. If it right. doesn't, then if it doesn't, then your loss out worse and you didn't offset some of those gains in that right. And, and right. these questions that you're asking, I think it's exciting for the audience because this is where we're going within fintech.
0: The, yeah. the future right. of fintech is going to be able to ask those questions in right. real time see what that looks like for you and come up with strategies to work on that. Which I think would be excited because we'll announce a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah
2: it was definitely.
1: Yeah. It was definitely we're working on something. <coughs> yeah, something that's special, for sure. Man. That's
0: for sure. Top that's secret. secret. Top secret. <laughs> Still no, that's that's so, that's so, amazing. Yeah.
2: yeah. And
1: remember, really Lee is though. So basically, you know, we lending tools and things like that that can actually give us a basically zero sum tax liability yeah. potential or as close yeah. to zero as possible. Yeah. It's and
0: tax on services. Well, I wouldn't say zero, it's your own you're on the right track. It's limiting liability as much as possible, but either way, you're gonna end up paying the tax. Yeah. It's just, it's, just it's, right. it's, it's, yeah. how, it's how you
1: realize man, it. that's yeah. dope, man. I need, I definitely, work. you gotta do something, man. I gotta I gotta, I gotta get something. some taxes, <laughs> some you gotta do something, yeah, man, for sure, bro. Yeah, that's bro. dope. I'm definitely looking forward to it for sure,
0: yeah. you know what I mean. And
1: yeah. um, I, I'm excited to see what you guys come up with, what we come up with together, obviously, over the next few months, weeks, etc. So, yeah, bro, um. And oh, roots, man. About. I think the RIA thing, I mean, the structure note that We definitely I definitely want to talk to you more about that because that's something that a lot of people have no idea about, some yeah. of strategies and things like that.
2: But uh, definitely talk definitely
1: about it. Absolutely, yeah, man. Thanks Absolutely. for thanks for thanks for coming on to Chico to Unlock, man. As always, thanks. make sure you like,
2: use code, man. I wish I had
0: code. So, Actually, t- t- tell them where right. they can find you on all socials too. Um, uh, just average graph retirement systems. Yeah, you know. We
2: stay a little low. Yeah, so yeah, for, yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. can find me on
0: Instagram at my first and last name Samir. it, or just go type in The More We Know Podcast on Google.
2: Yeah. We're doing some big
0: interviews coming up. Just finished up with Joe DeSantis the Spartan race which I'm about to get you all on. Yeah, I'm, for uh, sure. Mayor of Miami just getting an your shit. So check out The More We Know Podcast Apple, Spotify, YouTube and make sure you tap in the cheat code. We,
2: all of us here, man, we go way back in clubhouse history. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Honestly, I can't I can't count how many times it was just a joy for me to be all like, right. look, I am not benefiting in right. any way, shape, or form. Yeah. But this is legit. Like, this is this, legit. He's going to trouble you. Yeah, yeah. I wish authentic. You this yeah, I know. Yeah. Authentic, man. We definitely,
1: definitely had some good times with Clubhouse, man, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, you know, this is the value good. that we gave to people just off the much so much value, was, right. so no. value, so no. value no. man. Months no. and months, no. and, months
2: yeah. and months of value. Definitely. Man, but oh, yeah, thank you, man, as always. Tell friend, tell a friend, I appreciate
1: you, man. For sure,